Hey guys, welcome back to Talks with Marianne, episode 170. We're talking about six things I did to grow and to grow, <laughs> to start and grow my business. Please remember to check out Confident Business Women's Academy where I teach you how to make money doing what you love online. Let's begin. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy Friday, guys. Happy Friday. Okay, we are live on Instagram and also on Facebook. Welcome to my Facebook family. It has been a while since I am live or since I've gone live. And uh, I want to come on here and say hello to everybody. Today we are talking about six things I did in my first year of being a business owner, doing my online thing, starting my coaching business, and I'm going to go into what it really took to grow my business, what it really took to grow my business. And I, I'm coming from a place of super transparency. I've been in business here for over several years now. And looking at all the stats and the data from 2021, from 2020, from 2019, and then now we're going into 2022, I want to share some insight on what it's like to actually grow a business from an online space, selling your services, and making yourself the brand of the business. And the reason why this is so important, and this is like literally probably one of the most important lives you want to watch, is because I'm going into every single thing I did the first year of my business. Okay. And mind you, before I decided to go into coaching, I was first a podcaster. I before I became a podcaster, actually no, I was first a podcaster, then I became an author. I created my first self-published book called The Boss Mom Mentality, and I wrote that book because I was going through postpartum depression, and it was kind of like a cathartic experience for me as I wrote the book and shared my experiences. And as I let let it out, I shine light on it, I was able to heal that. And I'm still healing those parts of myself, even till this day, you guys. Um, The point here is that before I became a business coach, before I became even any coach on the online space, I had to start somewhere. And I started first as a podcaster. Now I'm well over 100 episodes into my podcast, if you guys follow me there. It is on Spotify and Apple. You just Google or search Maria Talks with Maria um, podcast, Talks with Maria podcast. And I talk a lot about spirituality and business, motherhood, my journey of working with my clients. So many amazing things that I personally go through and experience. And I have also used my podcast as a form of teaching my clients things as well. Okay. So before, after I became a podcaster, I then published my book and that is when I started showcasing myself more online. Prior to becoming who I am today, I had a private Instagram account with maybe 
two or 300 followers. They were all my friends and family. And uh, I was kind of, you know, I would showcase things. However, my account was private. So anyone who saw me were people that I knew before actually coming into my sphere of um, ecosystem, right? Now, my my all of my accounts are public. You can see me, you can see what I'm doing, you can see my services, you can buy into my services, you can become my client. You can really delve into who I am and find out more about what I offer to the community. But you see over the time, over the course of years that I've put in, I have been able to learn how to share more of myself and be okay with that. So today I'm going into the six things I did in my coaching business so that you can learn how to do the same. Okay, if you are one to two years into your business and are still kind of struggling to make money, you're still struggling to have clients, this is perfect for you to know and take pieces of lessons from my own journey and implement them in your journey in 2022, okay? So number one thing that I learned, and I did um, prioritize this by importance. So number one thing was I mastered sales. And how did I master sales? Well, I remember thinking, even in my 20s, I never called myself a savvy salesperson. I always frowned upon being a salesperson. I frowned upon the sales department. I frowned upon um, sales uh, car salesmen because they were slimy and they, you know, would say stuff to make you buy something. They were kind of pushy. So I already had going into my business. I already had some feels about sales and how to make people buy from me. I already went into my own preconceived negative notions about what sales is all about. The reason why I'm seeing this is because this is a common feeling for a lot of people. People actually are turned off by sales people. <laughs> and, and it's common, it's normal. If you get turned off by someone who is selling to you and kind of are afraid that they're manipulating you or you know, kind of imposing an idea that you don't fully agree with, this is what I'm talking about. That energy of like, ugh, that yuck energy. I felt that. And um, in the beginning, when I first started my services, I didn't know what I was really selling yet. I thought I was going to be a podcast coach. I thought I was going to be a book coach. I thought I was going to be even a sales coach, <laughs> okay? And I looked into my experiences in my 20s, and I noticed that coaching was a part of my life even before I knew I was going to be a coach myself. Hi, Dolly, I hope you're well. Um, and when I realized that coaching is a big, has been a big part of my life, that is when I decided that I get into business coaching. And that is also when I realized that I actually, uh, you know, I mean, I knew that I was a part of business coaching even before, I mean, obviously it was my day job. I was a part of a business coaching company and for anyone who's watching this that have previously worked with me and still are working in that office, hello, I hope you're doing well. And I send you all my love and I hope the office is amazing and everybody there is thriving. Um, but the point of this is that I learned a lot being in the in operations of business coaching. I learned about clients, 
who thrived, who made a ton of money. I learned about clients who would call to get refunds and cancellations. I learned about how to manage expectations from the operation standpoint, from um, you know client um, calls, how to manage client calls. I learned so many things that I now implement in my business in terms of the operational side of having a coaching business. I learned many things. And I didn't think that when I got hired on as you know a part of this business coaching company, I didn't think I was going to eventually start my own. Not at all, ever, <laughs> okay? However, that's what happens. I am now a spiritual business coach. I help spiritual entrepreneurs grow their online business, make sales, really get clear on their marketing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's what I do now. Um, and one of the things about that is that I had to learn sales. I had to really master sales. And so I decided that after failed attempts of kind of like, is it called like beating around the bush with sales? Like I kind of beat around the bush with sales in the beginning. I would makeshift ways to make the offer, <laughs> but never really make the offer and really come with conviction. Never really just actually say, hello, this is what I offer. This is what I do. Would you like to work together? Hi, Lisa. I hope you're doing well. And I think that when I was beating around the bush with my offer and what I did for people, prospects beat around the bush with me as a buyer. Well, if she has that energy of beating around the bush with her offer, then she's not completely certain about what it is she does for people. And, and just like a mirror effect, you know, they'll give you the same energy that you've been giving them. If you give them certainty and confidence, they'll also reflect that back to you and buy into you. However, if you are beating around the bush with your offer, they're also going to replicate that same energy. But at the time, I didn't know I was beating around the bush, obviously. I was more like, well, I don't really want to sell. I'm scared of sales. I'm scared of making the offer. What if they say no? Uh, what if they say mean things to me? What if they say fuck you? What if they say you're a lot of crock and you're a fraud? What if they say all the things that hurt my feelings? What do I do then? And that was really what stopped me from actually just going all in and saying, this is what I do. This is how I help people. Would you like to work together? Okay. And so when I realized that that is ultimately what I needed to do, I really needed to like play the game, really go in and tackle my fears around sales, really go in and just fucking like roll around in the dirt, right? Like roll around in it, really learn from it, embrace it, love myself through it, love myself through the lessons and eventually someone will say yes. Pretty much fuck it up until someone says yes. Fuck up all my sales calls until someone says yes. And so I did. I did that. I started making offers to people to book strategy calls with me non-fucking-stop, non-fucking, and I, when I say non-fucking-stop, you guys, it was my life on my phone. I would send messages, I would engage with um, accounts, no joke, <laughs> and anytime I talk to my clients about, you know, booking strategy calls and finding people to actually talk to, I can speak from confidence 
and certainty that by doing this, you will find people to say yes to you. Like fucking no joke. I didn't pussyfoot anymore. I was tired of being like beat around the bush with my business. And then also, mind you, this is around 2019, right? I felt like I had tried this business thing so many times. I tried it when I was 20 and I got this amazing investor who invested $50,000 into my business, my ex-best friend and I had. That was squandered away. It was a terrible business plan, terrible idea, but we did it. We got the money. I got a lot of experience from that. I tried to do a blog. I tried, I tried to do a blog when my kids were born. My first child was born, Aaliyah, seven years ago. I tried to write a blog on Wix and I wanted to be like, you know, self-expression, talking about motherhood. And what did I do? I stopped that. I did like six posts and I quit that. I didn't follow through. Then I tried it again two years later, another blog tried that a couple years later didn't do nothing with it I just did a few posts and then I gave up on it then I did um, you know then I did GoDaddy GoDaddy had this thing where you can um, buy a, uh, a web page and you can create your own web page by just like they already had a template for you so you could just plug and play and I remember thinking like holy shit I can just create my own web page without having to hire an expensive web designer so that's when I then started back up with this business that I didn't really know what, what, what it was yet, but I tried numerous times to become an entrepreneur, but I didn't know what it was that I was selling. So you see many times that I try and then I gave up and then I would return back to it and then I gave up and then I would return back to it and then I gave up. Now the reason why I'm saying these things where I tried and I gave up numerous times before I actually just committed to it and just kept doing the thing, moved with the punches, learned my fucking lessons, made offers to people and started becoming profitable. The reason why I'm saying this is because you get to come to a point in your business and in your life even where you get to just commit 100% to whatever it is that you want to see happen in your life and in your business. You get to just commit. After having failed so many times prior to this business that I have now, I didn't have that commitment level. I was just more like, it's never gonna happen to me. I'm no one special to do to have that happen to me. No one's gonna subscribe to my shit. No one's gonna buy my shit. I'm not really that good anyway. The way I feel about myself is just the way I feel about myself and no one else feels the same way, right? And I would degrade my whole like inner, my whole inner dialogue was just shit. And I would just validate the reason why I, would, I should quit. Okay, now fast forward to when I decided, okay, I'm gonna do it and I invested in courses and programs and coaching programs and masterminds and I invested in all of these things and anytime they got to the place of sales I shit my pants because it was scary it was scary right sales is scary if you don't know what you're doing it's scary it's also scarier when you subscribe to your fear around sales it's scary when you subscribe to your fear around sales 
So eventually I dropped all these programs I was a part of because they were telling me to do things the way they saw it work. One of the things was start a Facebook community and sell to that Facebook community, do a launch in the Facebook community. And I did everything this person had told me to do and zero sales, some interest, zero sales. And I realized that I needed to do it my way. And this way was going to be rolling around the dirt, getting really dirty, making contact with people, making offers to talk to them. And whoever said yes, I was going to pour my heart into them. And that's what I did. I did that all of my first year, all of my first year. I said, hey, this is what I do. Thanks so much for dropping by to my profile. This is what I do for people. Are you interested? Hey, this is what I do. Are you interested in talking to me? Hey, this is what I do. Are you interested in a strategy call? Hey, this is what I do. <laughs> hey, and I'm saying this because it took me day and night to make contact with people for a few of them to actually book a call with me. And as my Calendly appointments started dinging in my phone and like I would see like all of these little square boxes fill into my calendar with random people's names, random people's locations, people in Hong Kong, somebody in India, a lot of them in US, a few of them from Canada. Someone, I even talked to someone in South Africa, you guys, okay? Um, Philippines, I think someone booked me from the Philippines. So, but it took me some time to get to that place of, I'm gonna do whatever it takes. And if it's this and it's working and people actually are booking, I'm gonna do this. And that's what I did. I talked to so many people, made offers. I learned the psychology of the buyer by talking to people. I mastered sales, the rejection of it. And a part of that, I also learned that even if someone says, no, thank you, or even if someone's shitty about it and says, how dare you make me an offer like this when I don't even know you? Yes, there, there, there are some of those that will do that because they cannot find the balls in themselves to do it themselves. Therefore, they see someone courageous like me who make the offer and despise it. That's what I see it as. Anybody does that to me, I know the hustle. I know the game and I give you props for that because that takes balls, courage, confidence, balls. <laughs> okay, balls, courage, confidence. It takes a lot of courage, a lot of belief in yourself to do that. And I applaud those who have that hustle. And anyone, anyone who denies that hustle and says, oh, you're spammy or you're a snake or you're a this or you're a that, that is just a reflection of their inability to be courageous themselves. That is a reflection of their inability to be courageous themselves. You see guys, all of the things that they respond with, whatever it is that they respond with, is a reflection of their inability to do the thing you're doing, okay? 
Okay, so that was it, mastering sales, number one. Number two, while I was mastering sales, I was being of service. I gave strategy calls for free. I would even give a little bit of free coaching while a lot of sales coaches don't agree with giving free sales, uh, free coaching on the phone. People actually don't agree with that. Don't give free coaching because it actually gives, there's more to it when you give free coaching. When you give free coaching, a little bit of a background on that, you actually are giving them a false sense of hope that they have solved their problem. That's what it is. And as an expert, as an authority, one call doesn't solve your prospect's problem. So that's the, the back end as to why you don't give free, free coaching. However, there's also the other side of that, the selfish part of the don't give free coaching. And the selfish part of that is you don't want people to just not buy from you. That's the selfish part. But for the more like selfless part, you're really not serving your prospect when you give them free coaching. However, I did it. I gave free coaching in the beginning. I would literally pour my heart into people who said yes to me to book calls. To be able to jump on the phone with someone you don't know, someone who is a stranger, and actually open up your business, whatever, whatever about your business that we talked about, is it takes vulnerability, trust, a level of trust, and courage. And in that, I paid them with service. I paid them with pouring into them on advice, on what to do and how to do and when to do. And then in the end, I would make my offer. And even if they said no, I felt fulfilled because at the time, I had no clients. At the time, these strategy calls were everything to me, everything. And that's why they say, be of service, right? Be of service, do poor, give free trainings, give these, you know, really informative master classes so that people can see you, hear you, and know what you're about. And that was my way of doing it. I gave free strategy calls and I poured into them. Some bought, some didn't. Some came away with a ton of knowledge. 12 months later, rebooked a call with me and said, hey, you gave me so much value last year. I wanna start with you this year because I implemented all the things last year <laughs> and it works. But I need to, to get to the next level. Can we work together? I've gotten those people who've been in my sphere of influence for 12 months, who've gotten a strategy call from me, who built their business at whatever level, okay, small, medium, large, and then rebooked a call with me and started working with me three, four, five, six months, 12 months from the time we talked. And that's also a form of nurturing your audience, right? Nurturing your audience. That was number two, you guys, being of service. Number three, number three is hustle, pure fucking hustle. Do you have the fucking hustle? <laughs> and I say hustle because the first year you actually have to really like push a boulder uphill because it's your idea, you just started. You don't necessarily even know if you wanna to stick to that idea yet. Remember in the beginning for me, I was a podcaster I was a published author before I became a coach. So even then, that was my way of trying to get that boulder uphill. I was rolling that shit up all by myself 
and trying to gain momentum. And as I gained momentum, that is when I became a business coach. That is when I niched all the way down to becoming now a spiritual business coach, which I'll talk about in the last um, thing out of the six. So hustle, you gotta create your own momentum. What does that mean when you create your own momentum? Yes, you're in real estate. Oh my God, that is actually the business coaching company that I worked for prior to, hey Marisol, prior to becoming a business coach myself, I worked for a real estate business coaching company. So we helped a ton of real estate agents and offices grow their business. So real estate is a big thing. Big sales, big commissions means showing up big. So I get it. I get how, how much work it takes to be successful in that. Okay. Hustle. Pure hustle means you get to purely, purely with no like taint of fear. Hey, Court. Welcome, welcome. With no taint of fear, you have to have hustle. You have to. You have to believe in who you are and what you serve to people. 1000%. If you don't believe in it, even if like, you know, when I got my first business coaching clients, I didn't entirely know how I was going to get them results. However, I got my results, right? Now I got to take these things that in my head and regurgitate them out successfully so that these people can hear it, consume it, and then now replicate the activity. But do you see how there's a lot of steps involved? You can't just be like, hey, this is what you do, and then trust that they do it. You actually have to explain it in a way that people will understand what the purpose is, the whys behind the what. And when you know the, ha the, ha the whys behind the what, you can actually articulate the what even more effectively. I hope that makes sense. You can't say, hey, you got to send out email marketing. You can't send, you got to send out emails to your email list every week or every month and not know why. <laughs> and you can't just, you have to be able to say why. You have to be able to give them the psychology of why. Why is it that you want to curate your feed in a way that is aesthetically pleasing? Why is it that you want to give content out that is educational, but also entertaining and not you're not like this bore? Why is it? That way it lands more for your clients. So what does that mean in terms of hustle? You get to believe in your services way before your client or your prospect does because it really does affect how you communicate yourself, how you communicate your message, how you communicate your services. Hustle means confidence and certainty of your service. Confidence and certainty that no matter what, I'm going to help you get the results you want, however much it takes for me to have to like lose my voice trying to talk to you, <laughs> like I'm 100% committed to my clients. That is the kind of hustle that it takes for your first year to be successful. Hustle. No matter what, even if let's say one person just comes in and they're kind of like shitty at energy, they paid you, but it's a shitty energy. Cause that happened to me. My first client was $500 
she kind of had like a depressing attitude <laughs> it was kind of depressing and uh, it was really hard to get through to her because she was kind of going through that challenge of um, you know whatever disappointment whatever happened in her life prior to meeting me a lot of like this energetic stuff happening with her and what did I get to do in that moment I get to pour into her as much as I could however however I still went out and looked for new prospects that that one client didn't turn me off to my business that one client didn't tell me this is not the right business for me that is pure confidence and certainty and that is equated to being a fucking magical hustler <laughs> like you just hustle your shit through and even if somebody doesn't believe entirely or if one person is kind of a negative Nancy and they happen to be your first client that it doesn't stop you from going and getting new clients and going and getting more eyeballs to your services because a lot of the times people will experience that and just be like, oh, this is not a business for me. This is not it. This is not what I wanted. And they think that they're going to continue to get these negative Nancy's or these kind of clients or these kind of prospects in their frequency. However, that's not entirely true. This is data for you to actually tune your marketing, tune however way you show up as well. How am I attracting this depressed client? Right? How? What is it in my marketing that uh, made me attract this person? And this is where you actually take your accountability hat on, right? Because every person you're attracting to your frequency, it's because somehow they've replicated your frequency. So at some point, maybe at some level, I was depressed. <laughs> maybe that's why I attracted her into my life. And maybe that hard client in the beginning was my way of attracting more of my align clients from there on okay number four you guys is I share more of myself I shared more of myself remember in the beginning of this I had a regular Instagram account there was 300 followers it was my friends and families colleagues co-workers people I went to school with um, and it was private so I didn't share a lot of myself I didn't do a lot of videos I didn't even talk okay uh, now I do a lot of talking I do a lot of random things like today I'm gonna post the reels of just like fun shit you know and the reason why is because I want my prospects I want my clients even to see that I'm a normal relatable person and people buy from people people do not buy from logos people do not buy from the person with the suit on who has perfectly curated messages that have no personality. People don't buy from that, not anymore. Now people buy from people. People buy from people that they can relate to. People buy from mom, like I'm a, I'm a mom. I will buy from a mom. <laughs> I'm a woman of color. I will buy from a woman of color, right? I'm a female, I will buy from females. I, I, not to be sexist, but truthfully, people buy from people. How do you buy, right? Think about the ways you buy. You trust more from people that look like you. That's the truth of the matter. You trust more from people that have experienced the things you have experienced. And that's the reason why you get to share more of yourself. Because in that, you get to attract the people that are aligned to you, right? Even for me, 
I love spirituality so much that my ass is a spiritual business coach. <laughs> okay, who would ever think that? I never thought that could be possible. However, people buy into me because of that, that spiritual aspect of me where I get to talk about energetic patterns that you have, how energetic patterns show up in clients, how energetic patterns show up in prospects. You see how powerful it is to show parts of yourself and then in that you draw in people who are like you. So I did that. I shared a lot of me now um, from now until forevermore. Then number five, guys, I mastered working with clients. As I mastered working with clients, I also identified what the common energetic patterns are of my clients, which means I get to now turn that as into marketing, which I do. If you look into my timeline, I talk about energetic patterns. I talk about money blocks, common money blocks that entrepreneurs, businesses have, people who are first years in business. What are those money blocks that come up? That is a big one that I've learned. Um, along with the common fears, which are essentially blocks, common fears that entrepreneurs, new entrepreneurs will experience in their first one to two years of business. I've learned that and I've mastered articulating that to my, to my prospects, to my audience, and then also putting that into my programs. A lot of my, my new program that I am unveiling is called Expand. And in that, we talk about how to heal fears around money, how to heal fears about being visible, fears around rejection, fears around failures of success. And all of these things are encompassed within what I've learned working with clients. Okay, last one you guys is niching down niching down this one is kind of scary for people when they niche down it's scary because there's beliefs where in order for me to make a lot of money i need to help a lot of people and i need to help the masses and if i niche down that means i'm going to now exclude parts of the mass like you know if you let's say you're you're only helping women who um want to lose weight that's a huge population of people right but if you say, hey, I want to help women who want to lose weight that is in their first year of motherhood, then you narrow down and then you more narrow. Now you want to help women of color. Now you want to help women from um, 25 to 35, right? And you continue to niche down so that you can actually target those groups of people and use the language that they use. As you niche down, you can actually charge more. You can actually charge more because the need of that is so specific, which means your services in your programs is very specific in itself, which means your, if it's a specific service and program, that means you guys, your results are really amazing because it's super niche down, super, solution oriented therefore you can charge more if you get amazing results in that that's the reason why you want to niche down so i learned to niche down as i told you guys my journey from business coach guys podcaster okay author business coach now a spiritual business coach and i love it i absolutely love it i get to work with such amazing women who are spiritual, who are entrepreneurs, who are just like me, who are moms, 
who are just lovers and sweethearts and appreciative and kind and empathic like me. We're all so similar in a lot of ways and I'm just so thankful for all of the women I get to work with and have worked with in the past. Um, so that's the, the, the biggest success in being having a niche down coaching business is that you get to have more of an ideal business. You get to work with more ideal clients. I've even thrown in meditations now. I have like all sorts of like journal things that you can do because I focus on a lot of mindset and spiritual work, okay? And I love it. I absolutely love doing the stuff that I do now. Okay, those are the six things. I'll, I'll go over them again. I mastered sales super important. I was of service no matter the fuck what. I hustled my ass off no matter the fuck what. Okay, no matter the rejection, no matter the words people would tell me, no matter what my spouse or anybody who was in my vicinity would say, don't do that, you're going to waste your time. I hustled anyway. Also, uh, fourth, I share more of myself online. Obviously, you would have to um, make your own decision on that. However, you can share parts of yourself without really sharing a lot. You can share things like the books you're reading. You can share things like the practices you're doing to become a better whatever it is that you're doing. You don't have to share your kids or your husband or your wife. You don't have to share your meals. You don't have to share your fucking outfit of the day. Share things that are motivational and inspirational. It doesn't even have to be like so close to home. That makes sense. Another thing I did was mastered working with clients. As I worked with clients, I learned some of the common things that they had along with their energetic patterns that really helped me cultivate my programs and that really helped with them getting results as I learned to master working with clients. Lastly, what I did was I niched down. This niching down effect really allowed me to have a really magical business where it helped me grow my business in a more aligned way, working with clients who are meaningful to me and who aren't just like a number on a um, assembly line. Like you're not just a number to me. I get to know you. We, get, we become pretty much spiritual sisters eventually because of you know the niche down that I've done with my own business. Okay. All right. I hope that this helped you guys. I know I went really deep into a lot of these things. It's so helpful and imperative for you to implement, if not six of these, at the very least, the first one, master your sales. If you're avoiding mastering sales, talk to me because it's not as scary as you think it is. It's not as terrible and it's not as deathly. Okay, you're not gonna die. Um, and eventually you kind of, you become privy to it. You kind of learn people's tendencies and it becomes easier with time, just like anything. Riding a bike, you have to practice, right? But first you have to remove the fear around sales. Remove the fear around sales. Okay, so that is it for me today. If any of this resonated with you, my calendar for next week is completely open. Um, book a call from Monday through Friday. I have times available. Um, I think Wednesday is my only day that I'm super packed, 
but every other day I think I have some time sprinkled into my morning and a little bit of my afternoon book a call let me know what it is that resonated with you in the comments and then also um, if you have any questions DM me or message me have a great day guys happy Friday Mwah. Okay guys, I just closed up Facebook. Um, let me see. Where did the video go? Haha! <laughs> -ha. It better post on my timeline. What do you think? You think it got posted on my timeline? I guess we'll find out. Alright guys, thank you so much for being here with me. Lots of love to you. Have an amazing weekend. If you enjoyed this show, please remember to subscribe, like, and share. If you are interested in collaborating, please send me an email, info at talkswithmaria.com.